What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and this is still the only place on the internet where you can hear live vinyl spun directly out of my collection. Today, I've got a great episode for you, but before we get into that, I just want to wish all of the dads out there a happy Father's Day. And if you are listening to this right now, shut it off. Go celebrate your dadhood and hang out with your family. I'm kidding. Don't shut it off. It's it's like, what, an hour of your time? Listen to the show first. Look, it's a great show. You're going to want to stick around for this. Why? Because we are listening to a couple tracks from The Big Sleep by Steel Nation. And to boot, what's better, I have Ethan and Steve on the show to talk about it. We sat down earlier this week and we had a great conversation about this album. I learned a lot about the album and if you stick around, you're going to learn a lot about it too. These guys are in a band called Steel Nation from Pennsylvania. They have been together forever, okay? Like really like 15, 16 years. I think I said that a couple times in the show. Of course, I have to say, Really, I've been blessed with this show, Wasted Radio. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Wasted Radio. Who would have thought that, you know, just doing something this simple would yield such great uh, results? I have been so blessed to be uh, talking to these different bands and the different people that are doing great things. And Steel Nation falls right into that category right there. So I don't want to waste too much more time. We got a couple tracks coming up from Steel Nation, The Big Sleep. But first, we're going to jump into the first segment of the interview here. I hope you enjoy it. This is my interview with Ethan and Steve from Steel Nation. All right, you're here on Wasted Radio with Matt, and I am here with Steve and Ethan from Steel Nation. What's going on, guys? Yo, Matt, how you doing tonight? Thanks for having us. No, I'm chilling, man. What's going on, Ethan? Just chilling, just uh, enjoying the nice uh, evening, relaxing, about to talk about some music. There you go, there you go. Yeah. So we got a have... cold beer. That's got right. A cold beer here. All got right. My feet up. What are you drinking? A beer. um i don't know i got out of the fridge it's a voodoo ranger okay 2k ipa it's one of them you know one of them's hipster beer (laughs) (laughs) um i have i have in my hand uh the big sleep steel nation and this is you consider this the third studio album or do you count soul swallower as, as an album Oh, that's a, we, we recorded that, certainly put that out just at a, you know, the different wave of Steel Nation, but yeah, so still, this, still one of the albums. So technically the fourth studio album of Steel Nation. I'd say like the third full length though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah third full length. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I jumped on the Steel Nation train probably about 2007, I think it was when you guys put out um, Soul Swallower through Double or Nothing. And at the time, uh, Pat was a vocalist and you guys had been regularly coming through Altoona. Um, That's where I first saw you. And I think the first time I saw Steel Nation was at the Lion's Den. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys remember playing a lot at the Lion's Den. We saw you all the time. Oh, yeah. There was always something going down at the Lion's Den for sure. Yeah. Those shows were packed, though, man. I mean, that was always a sweet place and, you know. I don't know. It always felt welcome in Altoona and the Lions Den, all the other venues. Still to this day. Yeah, well, we we were uh, always and to this day still, you know, certainly happy to have you guys. Um, 
you definitely had a, a lasting impact on our scene to this day. I mean, you still see Altoona kids uh, wearing, you know, Steel Nation merch. And, and uh, I, I don't know about, I can't speak for everybody else, but it still regularly comes up on my playlist. It's my workout music. And, and it really, you know, had a profound impact on me. I, I think I, I often call you guys uh, the most underrated band in hardcore because, you know, I think that there's just so many aspects of what you do that is is unique and raw and uh, just uh, it shows through that, that how passionate you guys are about your music. And, you know, as you've evolved over time from, um, you know, Soul Swallower, well, the, the New Nation and then Soul Swallower, uh, I believe then was the Steel Nation Crucified split that you guys did on D.O.N., right? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Forever Wounded, The Harder They Fall, and now The Big Sleep. So here we are. Um, tell me about this album a little bit. Uh, how did this album come to be? And uh, what what went into the creation of this album? Steve, you want to take this? Yeah, I mean, same thing as it ever was. As soon as the last album dropped, it was time to write new music. You know, like we've never stopped writing music. That's why we all are in this band that's why we started this band because i mean we love writing music right like making songs and we, we were actually thinking about it the other day just a crazy thought like outside of albums what like the number of original songs we've written what do we say we have 40 songs mm, something like that probably something like that more. like that that thought to me is just that's a cool thought yeah you know just found you know three you know these three other guys that just we just really like writing music together and we like the uh, each other. We like how we do it, and you know, forever we'll always have those for, those forty-ish songs that we've written together. So I mean, that's always what it's been about. The big sleep's done. We're still writing new. I mean, as long as we're still playing music, writing music, we're going to keep. I mean, there's no reason to stop. Why would you? Absolutely. Especially today. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm just going to give up a hobby. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, and, and another unique thing about your band, too, is that, um, man, I mean, we're in 2021. So for 15 or 16 years now, you guys have been playing with the same members. You've had no change ups. Yeah, other than just I mean, we've we've gone through some, you know, we had an original singer. Right. Uh, right. Even before Pat. But um, yeah, it's been the, it was the four of us that started. And uh, it's just, you know, we've, we've just kept it that way. Yeah, and and throughout the years, uh, Ethan, you've played in some other bands, right? Yeah, I'm you were just, in uh, Bitter End. Well, yeah, I still still playing in Bitter End. Before mm -hmm. that, I was playing in Strength for Reason, mm -hmm. and then I, I mean, I filled in for whoever else, whoever needed a drummer on tour. I I did that for a while. Sure, sure, absolutely. And and Steve, has Steel Nation just been your mainstay this whole time? Well, we did a we were in a band like a local band called Van Damage, and then another local band called Derringer. Okay. that was you know but outside of that just did some other uh, music projects with some friends there for a little while we just put out like a four song ep of this group called bright side on bang camp and you know but as far as you know touring uh van damage did a little bit at the very end but we were always just you know we really liked playing locally at the champ i mean the champ was the mainstay for central pa shows and we really got you know the little you know, amount of, you know, success that we had just because 
of location, location, location. Sure. You know what I mean? And, you know, we put out, we were able to put out an album and then after that steel nation and yeah, steel nation's really been it. Yeah. And uh, the championship in Lemoyne is mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Exactly. Um, we, we were, we were lucky enough to play with you guys uh, with terror at, in Lemoyne at the champ. One That's time. right. Yeah. And, and was, uh, who else played that show? God, I, I feel like, I feel like uh, Set Your Goals was supposed to play that show. Yeah. But they like, hit a deer on the way there, so they didn't play. Probably coming through Altoona, hit that Something deer. Like that. <laughs> you have enough of them. Yeah. Evansburg. I think if you live in this area and you haven't hit a deer, like it's like a rite of passage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really, I want to get into talking about the album um, and, and really how it came to be because it, one of the most interesting things uh, that I've gotten to talk to bands about uh, recently is how their albums were made throughout the past year and what changed in their band dynamics and, and um, you know, basically with all of the difficulty that everybody faced um, kind of being locked down for so long and, and whatnot. Um, what, what was it like inside your band that made this album possible you know how did it start and and how did you guys carry it through well we had this thing in the bag before this thing even hit oh really (laughs) yeah i mean but that just shows you like what the supply chain has done for just record production really i mean the wait list is insane it's it's already an industry that was getting crowded and needed some adjustments to like it's its model basically to be sustainable with the amount of growth that was having with everyone just putting out vinyl mm-hmm. and then combine that with all the supply sh- uh, chain issues that every industry has been facing. So it's like a double whammy for, you know, your record producers. And it's like, I choose today. I want to make a record. Well, earliest I'll get that as a year from today. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so uh, we started recording like over two years ago i think yeah exactly if if not even more because i remember the record was basically done not this past october but the one before that and even the summer the summer of what like 20 does that make it like 2018 i think i was like shopping it around seeing who'd be interested so it, it's just true steel nation fashion for everything to be delayed and things to just take a while and if things work smoothly, it wouldn't be like a true Steel Nation release. That is fascinating. So the music that we're we're hearing as new music is like three years old. Pretty close to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so what was going on with you guys? What were you doing um, during 2021 or 2020? Well, besides a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging out with my dog. You know, I was getting outside more. I was actually, I benefited from the, the, just the, the wind down. I mean, I really did. I, uh, you know, just had a bunch of different things coming to focus and I'm happy that I got to spend the time I did in the last couple of years, you know, with who I was able to spend it with just got out into, you know, the simple things in life. And it makes you realize how much of this, stuff we or how little of it we truly need and hopefully people yeah i'm not the only one but hopefully we become a bunch of savers 
Yeah, I have my my backwoods survival guide right here. There you go. All there is. <laughs> yeah, it gave me a little bit of a little bit of pause. You know, it brought me back to my Boy Scout roots. Well, and if you come from some you know some type of roots like that, and I certainly do, big time. Um, it just makes you realize, like, I, I am the way I am due to a lot of that, and I think it's you know. What, what, whether anything happens tomorrow, next year, 80,000 years from now, it's just good to, you know, have more control over the things that you can, you know, have, I don't know, if you can reduce your, you know, impact on the issues by just kind of staying self-maintained and, you know, that's, uh, I think it's one of the, you know, you can do that and enjoy doing that and it just, it helps in the process, so. Sure. Ethan, what were you doing last year? I was just chilling. You know, just, I was, chilling. Uh, just chilling. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to do. I wasn't working for a while. You know, I couldn't train people. No, no athletics to work with at Carnegie Mellon where I'm at for quite some time. So it was a little bit bizarre, but yeah, I just, I just chilled. I read, played my drums. I had a nice little weight set up in my apartment. So that kept me busy for a while. And then, uh, I can't remember when we started jamming again. I think it was a little. Yeah, I'm trying to the, think. The probably like the end of the spring, I think, early summer, we might start jamming again every once in a while. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I think that Neil Neil sat around and he was just writing all these new riffs. It kept sending me sending me riffs. And I was like, Yo, we should just get together and start jamming on these new things, and that's kind of what's brought us to having a bunch of new new material already. Yeah. I was just, you know, waiting to see how it shake, how everything shook out. And once we all felt, yeah, let's do this. Why not? Then we started doing it like every other week or so there for a little while. It was good to get back and play. And what's it like to be uh, away from each other? You know, I mean, you have this tight knit group of guys who have been working together for 15, 16 years. And then all of a sudden you're pulled apart. And then now you're reuniting and playing as a band again. How did that feel? Well, we've always like been a little bit spread out over the state as far as like geographically, but I mean, it, I mean, as far as personal relationships, I don't think it's really changed anything for me. I mean, still communicated with those I hold dear and love and want to talk with Mm -hmm. and wasn't the people that felt the same way about me were in touch with me, you know? So, um, we just continued to, you know, the, the group text just would chat, talk about how much it sucked <laughs> that we couldn't play shows mm-hmm. and how like it was really killing all of us basically on the inside. Like, I mean, there's no denying, like it's something like that you do, even if you get to the point where you do it at the level that we were, which was, you know, we always just tried to play at least a show a month but when like it just shuts down entirely. It's like, man, I really live for that. Like <laughs> a lot yeah. of me really did. So being able to come out of that here, we're playing in August again for the first time. So really looking forward to that and just seeing other bands play and just getting out and being with those, you know, seeing acquaintances, seeing friends go from there. Yeah. Well, um, what was your, uh, what was the last show you guys played before the shutdown? We uh we played in Pittsburgh, uh, January before the whole pandemic broke out with uh, leeway. 
yeah, okay. up, at, up at AJ's place at Preserving Hardcore, Preserving Underground. It is now, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that was our that was our last show. I didn't catch that one, but I caught the one before it at Preserving Hardcore, and um, I brought my son, and he was seven, and he fell asleep while you guys were playing, and. I was, I'm thinking he was myself, probably soothed to sleep by the dulcet tones yeah. of baritone. Oh voice. yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. He was in the back behind the soundboard on the chair, sound asleep. And I'm thinking to myself, how could you fall asleep in this small room with the music blaring so loud, but man, it just relaxed him, I guess. Um, yeah. We must've been setting it off. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Let's talk about Don't Waste My Time. Uh, what is the nature of this song? Where did it come from? Well, I mean, it's a certified beater, we think. I mean, <laughs> it comes out of the gates hot. <laughs> it is. It is. And it has, uh, it has this nice rock and roll feel to it. That's what got me into it the most is, you know, you guys have always had this groove, but, um, you know... It, it there was something about that song that had a little bit more of a rock and roll feel to it that I, I felt. Um, but you know, what, what, when you were writing the lyrics for that, what, what really uh, made you, you know, turn that song into what it was? Well, that one, Neil wrote the lyrics too, but I mean, that one's pretty much just straight to the point. I mean, we've talked about that a little bit, but it is what it is on the title, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I can never get it back. Don't waste my time. You know, it's like it is the most valuable resource that anyone has. And it's just like you spend so much time early just wasted trying to keep up facades and toe the line and this and that. But, at, you know, as you get as you live life, you know, you have less and less patience for that stuff. And it's just, you know, the, the sooner you can just be more real with everybody and, you know, you don't need to save face. You don't need to, you know appease just be just you know be real and if someone has a hard time dealing with it they'll get over it and they'll be better for it or whatever it is you know so it's just valuing that we have x amount of time that we know of and that's it so so don't waste it there you go all right or don't waste mine all right Matt? Waste, yeah not Come yours on, no, i'm not gonna i won't waste any of yours i won't waste any more let's go into that song right now we're gonna play it off of the album the big sleep this is steel nation with don't waste my time Just my will to stay in there It's gone 
You're back on Wasted Radio. I'm here with Steve and Ethan from Steel Nation. That was Don't Waste My Time off of The Big Sleep. That's the new album from Steel Nation. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit, guys, about uh, recording with Len Carmichael. So Len is somebody who I'd actually like to get him on on the show here because I've had a couple bands now who have recorded with him, and he seems to be the go-to guy for PA hardcore, if you want that good album sound, um, what was it like recording with him? I thought Len was real cool to record with. I mean, we we knew him from you know the championship days. Our bands playing together. He was in my turn to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of went back a long time, and he'd been recording some bands. I think he did like some Strength of Reason stuff. Maybe maybe did some mm-hmm. Lifeless stuff also. So when we were looking for a place to record, we just wanted to do something new, and we're just like, God, like, let's just hit up Len and see if he's interested and down to do it. And he was. Um, so, you know, I packed up my drums one day, drove out, set up. It was, it was cool. I, was, I had, you know, a good time recording with him. I felt real comfortable. It was smooth. It was easy. Cool to work with. Good vibes. And he put down the two tracks for us on the Crucified Split earlier. So it's actually the second time we had ever oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, so, yeah, like, we knew him in that setting before you know even though it was like a whole decade prior but i mean he's the consummate pro he gets really good sounds um yeah he does i mean if you watch hate five six youtube videos you know like he does all the audio for the those live uh mm-hmm. you know those live videos that they've been putting out and all the this is hardcore stuff he, you know he does he engineers most all of that and uh it all sounds great 
totally forgot we went and did the vocals yeah. with them. Well, he but, actually came to us and was like, let me record you. And well, we, were, we, did, we're, yeah. we did the music was with that other dude. Yeah. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah the, right. that, that crucified split, I don't know if I have them still, but there's other versions with our old singer on them. Who's there? And yeah, I because I remember we, we did that and like we didn't really weren't really happy with how it came out. The thing about it is, and maybe I'll have to see if I have these tracks somewhere, because Carl from Strength of Reason came and sang on one of the, right. one of those tracks. And it was, I think it was the track that turned into Odysseus, maybe, is what Carl sang on. And I think we like kind of got Carl out of his comfort zone singing, but his like his tracks that he put now are so sick and they sounded awesome. And uh, yeah, this, I, it never saw the light of day. <laughs> can I just say like that's that's the thing I'm looking forward to the most at getting back to a show is seeing Carl's face. You know what I mean? Like, oh man, yeah, Carl's the coolest. <laughs> He's the coolest man, nicest like, guy you'd ever want to meet. He, man. That's the number one thing that I'm looking forward to. You know, going to a Central PA hardcore show where he might be. You know, yeah, you're turning the corner and there he is, just owning the room. <laughs> and more... then going out in the van and getting Chris Nace along with us. And yeah, just, just chilling, eating, eating food, eating a bunch of food somewhere. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have, I've seen Strength for a Reason more times. I, I mean, if you're a PA hardcore kid, they play everything. I've seen Strength for a Reason probably twenty times. Like, and. I don't know, maybe more, but I've been going to shows since 2000, maybe five, I think 2004, 2005, I think 2004 was my first show, but our scene in Altoona was like screamo. So I don't really count it as like hardcore shows, but uh, first hardcore shows I was going to was around 2005. And then it was in and around that time that I started to see strength for a reason. And they were one of those bands that just had such a heavy, heavy impact on me. It was like such a perfect introduction to the culture of the scene and the sound. <clears throat> and, you know, it just, they, they just always seemed to hit the nail on the head. They did everything right. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think I, that they, yeah. they, they embody Pennsylvania hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, what you just said is pretty much 90% of hardcore kids in PA story, I'm pretty sure. You know, yeah. as far as like, yeah. I, I mean, mean, legitimately, like, it's always, you know, I remember seeing Strength for a Reason way back when and just it changed my life. You know, yeah. I hear that. That's, that's, I think that's the story for more hardcore fans in Pennsylvania than not. So, yeah. Definitely. And I was, I was lucky enough to go and play drums with them for a few years too. That's cool. So I mean, I, I owe them. Uh, I, I don't even. I don't even know if I've ever really told them, but you know, maybe they'll hear this and, and all. But they were like super important to me, not only from you know growing up listening to them when I was like you know eighteen and seventeen and stuff like that. But I mean, they uh, they took me on my first real tour. Like after I was in a band called Those Who Remain, we did a tour with Van Damage, but it was kind of like a gong show. It was fun. We just kind of like chilled in this van. We had a TV in there and played video games in the back. And it was MLB 95 could hit the circle. Yeah, circle curve. <laughs> but then like, you know, Strength of Reason took me on my first real tour across like the U.S. And then they took me to Europe for the first time. They, they introduced me to a lot of people who, had, you know, in turn went on to help Steel Nation a bunch. Like Martine from No Turning Back. And you know, I met a lot of people that helped out Steel Nation through Strength of Reason. So they're one of those bands that if, you know, 
they weren't around, I mean, there probably wouldn't really be a steel nation for, you know, many reasons. No way. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, what era, Ethan, was that strength for a reason? Was that blood, faith, loyalty, burden of hope? It was, it was like blood, faith, loyalty. It was like 2000, I think it was probably like 2004 to 2006 or seven, mm-hmm. something like that. That's my favorite strength for a reason. I mean, um, that, that was, that was what, was so formative that album was so formative for me yeah i mean i remember going to the record release show for that it was so sick i think it was like them and wisdom and chains i think they had like a the record release for die young i think it was like the same show that's crazy holy gamoli <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy all right so um getting back the, to the ley line on you know where they released those two albums Right. they like it comes in line with the Nazca lines, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, so getting back to the big sleep, um, I wanted to move on to Bloodsucker now. Mm-hmm. So uh another song that you know I guess is pretty straightforward and self-explanatory, but um go ahead and explain it for me. What's what uh what is this what inspired this song? Well, it's just you get you see uh, just from you know the time old tale of, you know, others taking advantage of others that just because they're able to, you know, the silver tongue and uh, just being able to live a life of ignorance to just be able to continue, you know, being a leech in certain situations. And, you know, whether or not it's even recognized that it's happening, it's, you know, it doesn't change the fact that it is and you know just trying to be a little self-aware of your actions and the consequences of that you know the whole you know trying to be one of many versus just only ever worried about the inner monologue the you know what's going on for me how does anything affect me and just you know realizing that after that much you know you know, doing that for so long, you know, the piper comes and, you know, gets paid in the end, really. And what do you have left? It's what, you know, it's the, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the boy who cried wolf in so many words. Mm. <laughs> sure, sure. To really take it back to its, uh, you know, its fable. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Ethan, any thoughts on Bloodsucker? It's cool. I just I just play drums. So a lot of these things, you know, like you know, Neil, Alex, whoever comes with some riffs, and then I just kind of, you know, do what I feel drum drum wise. And uh I don't know, maybe Neil and I just try to not sound like complete idiots writing lyrics to these songs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, you know, uh another thing I wanted to ask you, Ethan, when you go into the studio, you know, um You've always been a very on-point drummer live. Well, thank, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's it's just a fact, man. I'm I'm not complimenting you. It's just you just always <laughs> sit down. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's true. I mean you're 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 one of the tightest drummers out there. And um, I wanted to know, you know, when you sit down in the studio, uh, what is tracking like? Are you, uh, you know, do you just go in and bang it out? How long did it take you to track for this album? Um. I think for this, it was like maybe two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, how many was it? It's 10 songs on the record, but we had 
three other ones that we recorded. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. yeah. So yeah, so we we have another song that's sitting around. We're gonna just put it out at some point, and we're gonna redo two other ones for for the next album because we think we can just do a little better job. But yeah, I don't know. Going and tracking, I always get stressed out. I'm always paranoid. I'm like a perfectionist, so I want everything to be perfect. So sure. I kind of hate recording. <laughs> I go in. And I'll sit there and I'll cuss and I'll get pissed off and angry. Mm-hmm. And But once I start rolling, it usually goes a little better. So then I just try to get in the zone and just I just try to hammer out as much as I can when I start feeling feeling good. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I always liked about your drumming style, and, and maybe you just spoke to it, but is that, you know, you do a lot of double bass, a lot of double bass, and it's consistent. It's always, you know, there's a lot of bands out there that have double bass parts that have a, a you know, gets a little sloppy, or maybe, you know, their, their feet aren't quite keeping up with the hi-hats. But one thing that has always um, remained consistent uh, from, I mean, Soul Swallower all the way up to now is that you have this way about, you know, you're you're on point when you play and i think that it makes all the difference but um that is what you bring that's unique to the band uh steve brings unique bass lines to the band um neil brings his own unique playing and alex brings his own unique lead style to the band and i think that's what makes steel nation uh just such a special band in general so you, you beat know. me too i was going to say you're a cookie cutter typical hardcore band well i mean you know you're going to cut in and <laughs> i've heard you guys i've heard you guys compared to integrity and ringworm and uh crowbar and biohazard and those are all flattering comparisons but i don't think that it does uh, i don't think it does it justice to what you guys bring to the table because i think that kind of you know when they throw those comparisons out it kind of undermines the uniqueness of what you bring. And I just, I thought that was just important to highlight, you know? Um, I think, I always think it's kind of like, you know, we, it's always funny. Like whenever we uh, started playing as a four piece, so everyone said we went from being like an integrity band to like a biohazard band. Cause that's just <laughs> such a easy comparison. It's just four like members the, with the bass player. Yeah, yeah. player that it's super, it's super, like... super like, you know, superficial and everything. Yeah. It's wait, funny because even going back and through that one, you know. yeah, even going back and listening to like Soul Swallower and everything, I was just like, we never really changed our style too much. I mean, we, Not the, at all. The yeah. parts are always kind of there. If anything, we just, you know, I think the four of us, we listen to a lot of different music. Mm-hmm. And in the last 15 years of being a band, we've just listened to more and more stuff. And I know for me, like I just grab from all the cool music that I listen to. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if when you really, if you really sit down and like, listen to a lot, I mean, I just rip off other drummers. I, I don't even feel like I've done anything original in my playing. If anything I do that's original is just organizing a bunch of different styles of, of drumming into a song. Cause I mean, that, that's all really that I've ever done. I'll listen to, you know, a lot of reggae stuff like Steel Pulse and Peter Tosh and, black Ura and stuff like that and i'll take elements from that and i'll stick it into songs and you know bands like ball thrower and stuff like that just straight double bass the whole way through and mm-hmm. uh you know all kinds of stuff and then you just you put it into the the each song and i feel like you really listen to it there's, there's way more going on than just being yeah. like oh he's just playing double bass or you know steve's just doing what it, whatever on the bass guitar you know Saying that we just sound like biohazards, like a big fu to like all the bad religion influences, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Pennywise, you know this. 
it's all we we never tried to set out to sound like this or that we just are the the mass or like the the total sum of all our parts of all the song of all the bands that we love to listen to and there's a lot of rancid in that you know (laughs) sure sure um yeah i mean i i think that that's the best part about the band is that you know it's like I said before, it's the synergy um, between all of you guys. You work together very well and you each have something unique to bring to the table. That being said, um, I want to go into the next song here. Uh, so we are going to play Bloodsucker. This is off of the new album from Steel Nation, The Big Sleep. Look at that. Synergy. <laughs> synergy. Synergy. Right? I feel like I'm back in college. All right. Uh, Bloodsucker, Steel Nation. Here it is. All right, you're back on Wasted Radio. I'm here with Steve and Ethan from Steel Nation. That was Bloodsucker off of The Big Sleep. That was track two. 
And uh, as we've learned here on the show today, these songs are pretty old. I want to talk about some other old music. Uh, we talked a little bit about Soul Swallower earlier in the show, but I wanted to move on to uh, Forever Wounded. Um, just while I've got you, you know, um, Forever Wounded, um, as I was telling you, you know, while the music was playing there, that Forever Wounded was an extremely important album to me. Um, and I think that it was really cool that, you know, after Pat parted from the band and um, what band did he go on to play in? He was vocalist in another band, wasn't he? Uh, Afterwards? Yeah. I don't know what it was. He was in a band called Blood Money before Destination, okay. but I, I can't remember what he was in after. I thought there was another band that he did. Anyway, um, but anyway, though, when he left the band, you guys were faced with a choice um, to keep the band going or to move on to other things. And you chose to do the dual vocals. And, you know, the Steve, how was that? Um, you know, you go from a bass player in a band that, you know, you're not really doing vocals at all. And then now you're kind of the front man. Um, so what was that transition like for you? Well, I think, you know, sharing the duties with Neil 50-50, certainly. And really, when we were talking about it, I mean, we just started listing, you know, all the bands that everyone else that, you know, has seen us live and what we do with, you know, guitar player, bass player doing vocals, you know, back, you know, back and forth. Like we're like Machine Head does it in its suite. Crowbar does it in its suite. Uh, you know, Biohad does it and it's sweet. And, you know, it's like, well, let's give it a go. Let's just try it. Because, I mean, we we were looking for a while to try to find some people to sing. And we had Polly, who was awesome. And, you know, he was able to fill in. But, you know, he just lived so far away. And, you know, just being able to make shows work. And, you know, I, I don't think, you know, he was able to really at that time to do, you know, tours things like that and we just couldn't seem to find anyone you know who could really make it work on a consistent level so we just said you know what one you know a little bit more space in the van you know <laughs> and uh we'd be able to do it and we had a lot of stuff to write about and we just got in there and made it work and i'm glad we had that two song ep to kind of hash it out a little bit yeah. before the album. Um, but still, I think it's gotten better each time. Like I know some, you know, heart or forever wounded. That's kind of the album that, you know, really put us where we are. But like, as far as listening back, like, God, I can't stand hearing this. Vocals. Like, <laughs> like now, like, like how I like where I've gotten to now, like with what I want to do with like the lyrics and, the melodies and things like that and hearing that mm -hmm. it's it's like it's so hard it sucks man i'm sorry <laughs> but but of course i'm going to say that and you know i know neil feels the same way about that too but it's like but at the end of the day when it was happening we were putting it down you know we liked it and it you know we just you know but it's what we wanted it's what we recorded and if other people liked it that that would be good but if not that's you know we still did it that whole and, couple months around that album was kind of wild because like we we decided that we were going to go on a u.s tour as a four piece mm -hmm. and it was maybe i mean god we couldn't have played more than like five shows before going on a u.s tour because we yeah, had dates bad. lined up 
with mm-hmm. no turning back out in the West Coast. So we were like, all right, whatever. Like, let's just go do this. And we went and we played, I think we played maybe like three old, three or four old songs off Soul Swallower. And then like we were playing probably like six songs or maybe more that no one had ever heard before because we were going to go record them when we got back. Sure. So probably a stupid thing to do looking back on it. But we, you know, whatever we did, we went and did it anyways. And then I feel like we drove, you know, did that across the country, came back. And I feel like maybe had a couple, a week or two, maybe a little longer. And then we went to go record at Big Blue Meanie. And we just, I mean, we, I, we had no idea what we were doing. That was the closest I've ever felt to feeling like Bon Jovi is recording yeah, Big Blue Meanie. <laughs> so like, you know, we go to the studio and we think we, we came up with that studio because we were like listening to albums. We're just like, yo, Madball, hold it down. That album sounds great. Let's go to that studio. Yeah, but yeah. then we're walking down the hall and there's like the gold record for NXS kick yeah. like what <laughs> and, and that was funny too because we hit up the studio and we were just like hey like we want to go record there like this is how much money we had which double or nothing gave us some money and it wasn't really anything that much and i think they kind of said you don't have enough money to record here but they said let's let me hear some demos like what do you guys sound like as a band and we sent them you know rough demos that we had and they were just like yo we haven't recorded a band like this in forever like just come up we'll make it work we got like a small window that you could record in so they gave us like five days or six Eight. days or something to do like yeah, everything six or seven yeah. it wasn't much at all so we drive up to like jersey city and we did all that analog so it was all to tape which was like oh, even wow. more stressful because it was like you know messing up was not really like there was no like you know digitally fixing the, yeah. the songs and they were going to help us make it work we were going to help them make it work is pretty much how <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. how it went and then i remember even like going like setting up in the studio and being kind of nervous and then the uh you know the guy that ran the studio tim rumblefish gillis oh, he's just like I, I get i get my drum set up and everything he's just like oh nice looking kit and goes down and sits on me just rocks him just like insane drummer so i'm all nervous i'm like, like shit i gotta go like record the tape now and make everything perfect and this dude just like you know, just killed my drum set and make me look stupid. And he's he's the only person in this world that has a one of one Steel Nation uh, shirt. Oh, that's right. We made him. He was a big if hockey you remember fan. The, we had a long sleeve shirt that had the old Pittsburgh Penguins uh, vertical lettering, or yeah, yeah the diagonal diagonal uh, lettering. Yeah, uh, that you so, know, it's the, where where it says Pittsburgh R said Steel Nation. Yeah. So like. From the Tim, upper right to the, and he, we found out he was a massive Rangers fan. Yeah. So we did like a Rangers colored one for him. Oh, that's cool. So there was one of one for him for like hooking us up with like, you know, the opportunity to go record there. Cause we definitely had no business being there, you know, with, with our just being unprepared and uh, just financially. <laughs> that's so. I remember cool. being in touch with him like a decade after that, just randomly. And, you know, brought that up and he sent a picture of him wearing it. He says, I still have it. I still wear it. I love the shirt. That's so wild. Yeah, it's so sweet. So um, how around that time, I guess it was before that time because um, Soul Swallower came out on Double or Nothing. But how did you guys initially get hooked up with the, the uh, Double or Nothing guys? I remember that there was a uh, there was a show that was happening at the auto, no, the sidebar in Baltimore and know the score was on it and it was a pure strategic move where i was like yo i know these guys do double or nothing records at the time it seemed like you know they had a lot going on i was like we should just try to play the show and see if they're into us yeah and that's that's kind of how it happened we could get on the show so ethan 
bet Pete he could beat him in arm wrestling for a right <laughs> And that's how that's how Steel Nation got on double or nothing. I did uh, know the score in Barricade in Altoona, but I can't remember if you guys played it or not. I think I might have asked you. We but... might not have. Been. I feel like we, we just we weren't able to because I, I, I think that like if know the score ever played anywhere near us, we would try to play with them or anything like that. So yeah. we must have been gone or something like that. And then we played with them at the champ one time too. Did you guys play that show? I, I, I vaguely remember them playing the champ. Yeah. <sighs> we, we probably did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had, um we had a lot of the double or nothing bands uh, come through Altoona too. I mean, we had um, unreal city, I think under one flag played uh, fight like hell. Um, hmm. Did the neon hookers make it through there? No, no, but great band. There's uh, uh, die young played. Um, I don't think invade played um, the other ones. Mm, the other double or nothing bands would be dead weight and night the will, but those bands didn't. Um, can't remember oh remembering never played um I forgot they were on they put out yeah they put something out on on double or nothing yeah um so you got hooked up with them what'd you say down in baltimore yeah it was playing the sidebar that's cool what a great band great group of guys too oh yeah they i haven't seen them for quite some time uh I don't know what Pete's doing. I used to, me and him used to talk trash about hockey all the time. And then that was sweet. About 10 years ago, we got to go down there and play with them just like 10 years after. Probably like, what was that, like 10 years ago? No, that was like five Five, years ago. Five years ago? Five five (laughs) years ago. Time is a circle. Okay. That's like four (laughs) or five years ago. (laughs) Jeffy actually uh, did the artwork for my show. So I think, I think he's living in Maryland. He's oh. in Annapolis. I'm going Annapolis. to Annapolis. Okay. He's going to tattoo me and my wife in August. Oh, there you go. Where are you getting, yeah. Where are you getting tattooed? I have no idea yet. I don't, I don't really care. I <laughs> Yoshi on a surfboard riding a rainbow wave. Okay. That's just off the top of your head. Yeah. Why not? I'll consider it. I'll consider it. I wanted a, uh, another score themed tattoo because they just, you, Every you mean song. a basketball themed tattoo? No, no, no. no. <laughs> some sports related tattoo? Yeah, sure, sure. Something with like some Air Max ones and like something hockey related. Yeah, or like a uh, um, like a super curled Phillies hat brim. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we had a lot of fun playing playing shows with those guys. They were always fun to oh, play. Yeah. Miss those guys. Yeah, they uh they put out an album um this past year. It was fantastic. It was awesome. They, right they, were another, they were another band that I've never really feel like got the, I mean, at least, you know, Florida and down that way, they were, you know, they were Kings of that era and stuff like that. But I always thought that they were doing some, I don't know. They, I feel like they were a better band than most people gave them credit for. Yeah. And they were doing something that was, I mean, it wasn't like quantum physics or anything like that. It wasn't like they were, it's like Frank Zappa playing like crazy music, but it was like, uh, you know, it had like that kind of Cleveland confront one life crew style that yeah. a lot of people would kind of jock and try to do, but just kind of missed the, they missed it a little bit and no, the score just nailed it. Yeah. They did. Super unique though. Yeah. Like nobody you know, sounded, yeah. Nobody sounded quite like them. Getting big and hardcore is a little harder to, to do than rolling a one on a D 20. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my top hardcore bands are, uh, you know, kids like us know the score wisdom, steel nation strength and, uh, barricade. So, you know, Florida and, and Pennsylvania, all Florida honored, and PA honored to be on that list, man. Yeah. All That's Florida like, and PA. You just gotta listen to more music, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I also, I'll send you some links and I'll, I'll send you some links. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Send me get you off the steel nation. On the, on the grams. Yeah. Send me some <laughs> on the grams. Um, and I, I got to add a uh, Donnybrook to that list too. Okay. Now you're California, West coast. Yeah, yeah. 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 Throw a little West coast into it too. Um, man, I'm running out of questions here. So I think I'm going to wrap it up with you guys. Um, it's been a pleasure talking to you and, uh, you know, I really, I really wish you the best with this album. I hope you get on the road. Um, do you have any upcoming plans? You know, I, I, I know you're supposed to be heading out towards Pittsburgh. Um, you know, when that show is announced, I guess we'll officially announce it on the show. Um, but do you have uh, any upcoming tour plans or anything like that? Anywhere that you're going to be heading to over the next year? I don't know. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go if uh, people want to have us. I mean, we will play basically, we try to play wherever, you know, people want to see us. So, I mean, I always, I always hope to get back to play Finland. The guys in the bands over there, like we've gotten like real close with. So it'd be fun to go back over there and play with those, those guys. Bands what like, bands? yeah, like a uh, Balt, St. Hood, Cut Down. Cut Down. Cut yeah. Down, the new de- Cut Down demo is pretty, pretty gnarly. Oh, shit, yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even know about that. I might have to talk to Essa why I haven't heard this yet. <laughs> Ethan, are you a big Bolt fan? Oh, I love Bolt. I think that yeah. I think the band's great. I think that like it's funny because that's like another you know talk about underappreciated bands or areas. I mean, the the Helsinki music scene. I mean, there's there's so many cool bands up that way, and it's it's kind of crazy how we stumbled into them and like establishing a, a, a friendship and everything like that. It's it's yeah. pretty awesome that the shows know, we played over there from you know every band just brings it and they're tight and the sound is good. Like they value quality performance over there. And you can tell like they, they have a nice fine attention to detail and it's, it's just cool that we got, we kind of discovered that and were invited to go over there and got to know those guys when they're kind of going through that, that just, you know, the, the, the Arab spring of uh, (laughs) Scandinavian hardcore, you know, that's really cool. That's well, that's the music you can send me because I don't really know too much about them. Like I know uh I know Bolt, but as Saint as Hood. Know, Saint Hood. Saint Hood, uh, okay. Become a threat is awesome. I mean, it's all really, really good up there. Yeah, I've got to get some of that stuff on vinyl so I can play it on the show. I have one rule for the show. Cross the bear. Oh yeah. Yeah. The the only rule on the show is that, you know, if I'm gonna play music on the show, it's gotta be from vinyl. So well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Next time, next time I go over there, I'll try to bring back some extra vinyl because shipping up there is insane. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, all right. We're gonna move into the last song here. Uh, Ethan, Steve, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. Well, thank you for this, and I'm happy to see that you're doing this, and we're we're episode 17. Um, keep it going, man. I mean, uh. It's cool. I mean, there's always room for, you know, more people to get in there and, you know, create an outlet where they can expose others to, you know, the same thing that 
you know, we were exposed whenever we needed this. So uh, happy to see you doing this. And thanks for thinking of us to have us on here, man. Always. Yeah, it was always. a good time. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anything you guys want to plug before we go? Listen to more Pennsylvania hardcore bands. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm blanking. I'm, oh, man, my comedic timing is awful. Uh, if you put on Me. the spot, just don't know. <laughs> where, can, where can the listeners find Steel Nation? We had a band camp. I don't know what the address is, though. As usual, we're terrible. With that. We're terrible. We're on Spotify and stuff. They can come just Google the show. Just Google it. We're, we're out there. You might get some of your construction right, company, too, or some random Pittsburgh Steelers football stuff. But, you know, we're in there somewhere. Hell, yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to the final song here. Uh, too many times. We've been here with Ethan and Steve of Steel Nation. Thanks again, guys. We're going to wrap it up. This is Steel Nation with Too Many Times.
All right, that was it. The Big Sleep by Steel Nation. That was too many times. And big thanks to Steve and Ethan for coming on the show to talk about the album. And uh, we had such a great time talking that, you know, I probably want to have them back on the show. And uh, we're just going to do road stories, have a nice little comedy show. I mean, these guys are great. They're they're funny as shit. You, you really got to hear some of these stories that they have to tell. Um, they've got a lot to share. So, you know, hopefully at some point in the near future, guys. And, uh, you know, if you're still listening to it uh, this far into the show, hopefully in the near future, you guys can come back on. Big shout outs to Know the Score. Big shout out to Strength for a Reason and uh, Bolt. Any of the other bands that we talked about on the show today. Um, other than that. I'm going to wrap it up here. Have a happy Father's Day. And as always, thanks for listening to Wasted Radio. Happy Sunday. (laughs) 